0: You're listening to The Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now, for political insight and strategy, let's get started with your hosts, Howard
1: Schweitzer and Mark Alderman. Mark, good morning. It's October 25th, Sunday, a rainy Sunday here in Bethesda. Only a few days to go until November 3rd. Uh crazy. Until uh, this, the
0: uh, NFL draft deadline, Howard. That that's why you're trade deadline, Mark. You blew trade. your own
1: you blew your Excuse own me. line. Trade God. deadline. I did. I stepped on my own line. November 3rd. Um and this morning we're joined by our friends and colleagues Alex Campo and Caitlin Martin from our DC office. Um Alex uh, worked mm-hmm. in the in the Trump administration, has worked on Capitol Hill. And Caitlin is regularly in, in front of the administration, as as am I, of course, um, advocating for clients. So we're gonna talk today about principally about everybody, um, Trump 2.0. What does a second Trump term look like? Um, and in Washington? What is a second, what does Trump 2.0 look like in Washington? But first let's talk about the state of the race. We're a week and a couple of days to go, Mark. it's It looks a lot like 2016. If you take a very quick superficial look, um, you got battleground state margins that are similar. The national polling margins for Biden are greater than those that, that Clinton had. Um, it feels to me like it's tightening a bit down the stretch. Of course, people have already been voting. But Mark, let's start with you. What do you make of the state of the race today? Biden's ahead,
0: maybe by a lot, maybe by a little, but clearly ahead. Trump is running out of time to change that. There are no scheduled events that can change it up like, the last debate, which I know we'll talk about in a minute. And it's not uh, 2016. 50 million people have voted. All the data suggests that means a massive turnout for Democrats and overall. The Swing states are closer than the national poll, but they are closer across the board. And Biden's up everywhere he needs to be if the polls are to be believed. But most of all, Howard, uh, you know, six, seven months ago, we were saying on this podcast, The virus is going to pick the next president. Tell me what it looks like on Halloween, and I'll tell you who's going to win. And uh, I'm prepared to do that next week on the podcast since it will then be uh, Halloween. But I just think that the resurgence, sadly, tragically, the resurgence of the virus is going to be the tipping point for Biden
1: uh, coming out ahead in this election. It's kind of crazy, though. Caitlin I mean I've heard I've had many 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 people say to me well clearly if COVID didn't happen Trump was going to win this thing Trump was going to going to crush Biden and would have and it's an academic discussion it doesn't matter it's not it's not the real world Um, uh, and, and even notwithstanding the virus I mean that the, the national polling margins are historic but it it still feels to me like trump is in this thing
2: oh i think absolutely and 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 you're right in that before covid-19 i mean the economy was booming our 401k's were at their heights and things were going well. And that's mostly because of the policies uh, that this administration has put forth over the past four years. COVID, you know, the coronavirus, it was... This pandemic, no one could have expected this anywhere across the country. But I think the fact that the president is still getting so much energy on the ground in some of these swing states, he's been very busy this weekend. He was um, barnstorming Florida all day yesterday, multiple rallies um, across the South. The energy on the ground is still there, despite, I think, what what we're seeing reported in a lot of the national media. Um, but I think you're absolutely right that we would be having a completely different conversation today had the coronavirus you know, not happened and, and had things been a little bit, been a little bit different.
1: Yeah. So Alex, why do you think that is? Um, and by the way, um, I am going to call you out and say you've set a record for notes in front of you for the Beltway briefing. Um, there's
3: so many healthcare accomplishments to talk about.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, so talk about, talk about them. Why do you like health healthcare is your area? Um, it is unquestionably the number one issue um, for voters, uh, according to polls. I guess the economy and COVID now, but I I've always said that healthcare is a proxy for the economy. Healthcare is twenty percent of the economy, plus or minus, and it's a it's a function of it's part of how people feel about what's in their wallets, but you know why do you think that is that trump is still hanging in here
3: well on on the question of what that last question about why trump's hanging in um i know someone just said i think mark just said you know the virus is is still you know it's we're, we're facing a surge in cases right now that means that that candidate biden is ahead but I think people are really afraid of what might happen if the virus is continuing and Biden is the president, actually, because, yes, like you can't possibly overstate, you know, like there's so much pain that people have faced because of the virus. But a big part of that isn't just, you know, the 200,000 deaths. It's people lost their jobs. People got their hours cut. People can't afford take care of their families right now. So, I mean, everyone wants the virus to go away, but it's kind of scary to think about what things might look like under a president Biden. I mean, there are a lot of people in Washington and, you know, the different cities who can afford to work at home who are able to work at home. Most of the people who are the swing voters are not those people.
1: Mm -hmm. That's a good point. So let's talk about the second debate. Mark, what did you? How do you size it up? Yeah, you know,
0: again, uh, Biden went in ahead, and he came out ahead. Did Trump do better? Sure, the format benefited Trump tremendously because it kept him from acting like he did in the first debate, which I think even Caitlin and Alex would not have recommended and which clearly moved the needle
1: um, a couple of points. I have a totally, I'm going to cut you off. I have a totally different view on that, Mark. I think it favored Trump because it made Biden talk. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) in the second debate, in the first debate, rather, um, Biden had to... He, he didn't have to say anything. Trump just right. kept interrupting, and and he basically gave took Biden off the hook. In this debate, Biden actually had to say something, and he didn't say much of anything. He he didn't hurt himself. He
0: came. Well, he said he'd get rid of the
3: oil and gas industry. So. Yeah, that was a uh, pretty big. Well,
0: news. <laughs> no, he, of course, didn't say that. What he said was what he's been saying all along. Had I been scripting his remarks, I might have skipped that comment. <laughs> that, that didn't help him any in uh, parts of Pennsylvania. But I I don't think it changed the dynamic. I don't think anyone thinks it changed the dynamic. I think with so many people already having voted, with so many more people going to vote over the next nine days before Election Day, something dramatic, something more dramatic than that debate had to happen to change the dynamic. And I don't think... um, I don't think there's an event you can point to that that is going to do that. That isn't to say that things aren't going to happen. I keep coming back to the the theme we said here six months ago, uh, you're going to continue to have covid news you have. Three members of the vice president's staff testing positive today, yesterday, and the vice president deciding, contrary to CDC guidelines, to the guidelines of the task force that he shares, that he doesn't care. He's not going to quarantine. He's going back
1: on the road. Well, you also had somebody on Vice President Biden's plane testing positive. So- Look, it's
0: this not thing with whom he had been in uh, intimate contact close
1: to no, but contact. no,
0: I'm not The Vice def-
3: President <laughs> tested negative too.
1: Right. I'm I'm not I'm not Look, we don't have to we don't have to yeah. get, I'm not intending to stoke an argument here about no, COVID protocol. <laughs> I'm just I'm just pointing out that this it's a virus. It's, it knows I'm no boundaries
0: <laughs> and I think the news that's going to dominate the last week
1: of the campaign is the virus. If that is the news that dominates. Well, that's obviously the news, Joe Biden is trying to get to dominate the last week of the campaign.
0: Correct. And I think and, he did a great job in the debate of of framing
1: that discussion. And he, back back he, to your question, what the did- moderator did a great job, Mark, of framing that discussion. It's a it's a. It's a it's what happens when you have the levers of power. You own it for good or bad. Right. And 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 Biden doesn't have to say any. He didn't frame anything. He just (laughs) there's nothing he can do positive or negative like Trump owns it. He didn't frame anything, though. He went and, and, frankly, plan, he and frankly, his plan. He came out of the plan ahead. right? No, but his plan on the question of what's your plan, he didn't say anything, and he didn't. He doesn't. He didn't articulate a clear plan. And I'm not saying that he had to, to win the election. I'm just saying he did. He, he. Do you think it. the debate changed the dynamic? of No. It? I don't. Then what, of, are, then what are we arguing about? Net of everything. Well, we're, we're arguing. I'd about... rather
0: argue with Caitlin and Alex and all their notes there. So
1: Okay. Caitlin, <laughs> Caitlin, put Mark in his place. Well, three to one, by the way, for the, those of you keeping score at home, I've
0: handled two to one well. No, it's, it's really two one and one. All right. Let's well, be right. clear. It is Howard still walking that tightrope someday.
1: Someday I just have to keep off. you in check, Mark.
2: <laughs> Look, I think the debate last week was was a, a great debate. I I wish that would have been the debate we had three weeks prior. Um, I think. You know, the polls might we might be in a little bit of a different place in some of these swing state polls, had that been the performance that the president gave, you know, earlier um, earlier this month. But I do think we saw some clear side by side policy differences between the candidates. And we saw that, you know, as it relates to the coronavirus pandemic, tr- President Trump is focused on trying to get our economy back open, get folks back to work. And Biden is warning of, you know, a dark winter and saying he is willing to shut everything down again. And I think that's a really clear juxtaposition that resonated with a lot of Americans.
0: Well, he did say half of that. I see you're doing the, about 50 percent, Caitlin. I give you points. Uh you, for getting half of it right so he of course uh, didn't say it was going to shut everything down but let's let's let Alex uh take her shot
1: no I'm going to go in a different direction (laughs) Alex I'm being I'm asked every day you know is this is another stimulus package likely before the election what what do you make of that what's your take on on this where the state of stimulus 5.0 or whatever it is at this point
3: People have been asking about whether we'll get one before the election for, you know, a month, more than a month now. And it right. just seems like an arbitrary, it's always seemed like an arbitrary deadline to me. Like the people who need the stimulus money need it before the election and the day after the election. It's. I do think there will be a package. I think it's very difficult before the election. You know, it's also the election's very a few days away. So <laughs> that's one reason, just the procedural steps that have to be taken would take about all that time. But I think... At least Speaker Pelosi loses her, you know, she's motivated right now not to get a deal before the election, because if she does, the president will take credit for it. And that's not helpful to Democrats before before the election. I think mm. president, the president Trump wants <laughs> wants a package um, in ways that a lot of Republicans, not all Republicans do. He's prepared to spend a lot of money on a package and wants to. And I wouldn't be surprised if he signs off on that, you know, post-election, too.
1: I agree, um, I, but I do think this shows, the fact that people are still asking us every day whether it's going to happen, says to me that Nancy Pelosi is doing a masterful job of manipulating public opinion because she is was never gonna, she was gonna push this to a place where she knew a deal couldn't be done. And it's a masterful game of tossing the ball, um, it's political football, and she is, I think, doing a masterful job of conveying to the American public that she's trying to do a deal and that it's frankly the Republicans who are standing in the way. And th- and that's the difference between um, being in the opposition party and owning the levers of power. And um, that's actually a great transition to to Trump 2.0. So let's, let's go there. Um, Let's assume for the sake of discussion that we see a repeat of 2016 and the polls are wrong and Trump wins. The only reason the four of us, well, I don't know what you guys think, but the only reason Mark and I have been saying for a long time that Trump is going to lose is because the polls are telling us Trump is going to lose and they were wrong last time. So let's set that aside. Let's set aside the polls and look at Trump 2.0. What is it? What does it look like? Um, Alex, let's start with you. You're one of the leading health policy experts in Washington. Just Focus on healthcare, as, as I said, it's the number one issue. What does Trump 2.0 look like from a healthcare point of view?
3: Just just one thought on the polls before yeah. I switch to healthcare. Fire away.
0: Oh, good. I was
3: hoping you would do. No, this. Oh, I mean so. I I agree with you. I mean I've been we were, I've been on some calls with different members of Congress this week, and they think every pollster is going to be fired after the election. Um, just can't be that wrong twice in a row. But. Even if you look at the polls in which I have open right now in the top <laughs> battlegrounds, the spread is only three point eight percent. I mean, how big I think the question is is the quiet Trump voter vote? Yeah. It, I mean the, the comment the conventional wisdom here people are you say what people are saying in Washington is that it's probably about five percent. So if that's the case, I mean I don't oh, whoa, think these whoa. polls well, who, necessarily who is
0: saying it's five percent to me. am sure on the calls that you're on people are
1: saying 5% but
0: yeah I
3: don't think I that's don't what they say on MSNBC no
1: nor on and by the-, the way CNN is now worse than MSNBC CNN is like off the freaking deep end Mark it's crazy okay. it's it's crazy uh, um Mark I mean I talked to a, look, a friend of mine in Florida this week who, who who said Howard? Every house that doesn't doesn't have a Biden sign is a Trump voter.
0: We're going to find out, and I am certainly not sitting here saying that there is no path. I think Trump has half the path he had last time, and he got there last time. So we're going to have an election, I'm much more concerned, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but since Alex gave us the opportunity, I am much more concerned about what happens when, on election night, Trump wins the in-person vote, and then we have to wait days to count the mail-in vote in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, in Wisconsin, and elsewhere. And it it could get chaotic but but i don't think 2020 is 2016 for for all kinds of reasons that that can be next week's show and that have been every show so far i'd like to go back uh, so Alex.
1: Why, Howard's no no why alex do you think the hidden trump voter is still a factor
3: well, first of all, even though I'm pointing to these polls, I think I have no idea what's going to happen in the election. And it just is baffling to me how many calls I'm on where people are 100 percent sure of what the outcome is going to be. It's like, where in the world are you getting this level of certainty from? Um, I think it's really confusing and hard to make sense of what's going on. But in terms of the tri- quiet Trump voter, I mean, I just I just know a lot of them, people who certainly don't agree with. A lot of the ways the president says things and a lot of the things he says, but really support a lot of the policies that he's put forward and they expect what they expect the economy and the country to look like under him and his his staff's leadership, as yeah. opposed to a Biden administration. So so what
1: does um, let's go back to health care. What does Trump 2.0 look like from a health policy perspective?
3: so for in healthcare i think a lot of a lot of the policies and a lot of the priorities i'm sure mark will jump in here and tell me i'm wrong but i think they probably wouldn't be that different in a trump administration or a biden administration i mean when it comes to you know how strict you want to be about shutting down the country to deal with covid and things like that when it comes to single payer or public option things are very very different but on most of the things that actually happen in healthcare, I think things might be kind of similar. They're both going to focus on surprise medical billing or um,
1: drug pricing.
3: They're both going to focus on lowering drug prices. And frankly, a lot of the proposals that the Trump administration has put forward in drug pricing so far, a lot of Democrats have had trouble disagreeing with because they're kind of Democratic priorities or they fit better in line with what Democrats put forward. You know, some of Trump's policies actually showed up in the House Heroes package or in Nancy Pelosi's so, drug pricing package.
0: Yeah, well, Alex, I don't disagree with, with that, with one significant uh, exception, Medicaid. You didn't mention as something that will look very different, I think, in Trump 2.0 versus Biden 1.0 or Obama Biden 3.0, if, if you prefer. Medicaid is going to look very different. But my question, uh, if I may, Howard, uh, uh, ask of, of you, Alex, is um, let, let's talk about what is most um, imminent and and possible, maybe probable, namely the Supreme Court ruling on the Affordable Care Act. What what does it look like if it's Trump 2.0? And Howard, we should say this presumes uh, that McConnell remains uh, the majority leader. This presumes yeah. a Republican Senate, right? I,
1: it's hard to see Trump winning and not pulling a bunch of these folks over. Yeah, I agree. He doesn't. By the way, he. He doesn't agree because he
0: said yesterday that he was going to win, but he couldn't bring these people along with him in the Senate. But, Alex, what what does a um, what does a President Trump and a leader McConnell, what do they do um, with the speaker? It obviously takes takes three. Uh, What do they do if the Supreme Court throws out all or or a lot of the ACA?
3: I think that for everyone who gets their health insurance under the ACA in one way or another, this case is a big deal because it's concerning. They hear what is being said in the news. They don't want to lose their health insurance. But I actually think the case itself is really not that concerning. I don't think these people will ultimately lose their coverage. I think there are a lot of different ways the Supreme Court could rule. The biggest one being the severability issue that we know Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett would support based on a lot of the cases that they've ruled on in their past. But also because even if the Supreme Court were to throw out the ACA or big parts of it, I think Congress would just fix it, whether or not it's Republicans or Democrats. I think even the president in the debate this week was bragging about how well he's run the exchanges and how premiums have come down. And I think it's, you know, right now, how big a deal this case is is a function of how The priorities of the media. And it's a helpful narrative for Joe Biden to be out there saying President Trump and his Supreme Court nominee are going to take away your health insurance. Ultimately, though, I don't think anyone's going to take away their health insurance. And the Supreme Court, if they were to do that, would provide enough time for Republicans and Democrats to come together and fix it. I agree. The irony of it, though, Mark, might be if Democrats were to be in charge in Congress, if that were to happen Mm -hmm. and this becomes an opening and a policy issue that needs to be addressed, what might Democrats do instead?
0: they would fix it more than Trump and McConnell will fix it.
3: <laughs> that, that, well, that might uh, be their, what they see as a window to move in yeah. on you know, a public option or single payer or something. Yeah. I mean, that would be difficult. They don't really fit naturally into using reconciliation. Yeah. Um, but... Yep.
1: No, I agree so, with you. Yeah. So, Caitlin, uh, talk about some other areas um, with Trump 2.0. Talk about... Um, the economy and taxes and um, that sort of thing.
2: Well, I know a big priority of President Trump is, you know, building off of the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, the bill that, you know, that put our corporate tax rate um, to a competitive level to be able to to compete with other country or with other companies across the world and um, lower taxes on regular Americans I see a continuation of those priorities um, we know they didn't do as much as they would have liked to on the um, child tax credit I see I see a focus being a bit, a bit more on middle-class Americans reducing taxes for everyday Americans given we We've already taken some big steps to help corporations. And I see a continuation of, of the dereg the deregulatory agenda that we've seen under this administration. They've really, you know, taken the levers of, of the agencies and, reg- and deregulation to shift the way that our economy and our industries are, are able to. to you know, unleash innovation and cut down on a lot of that bureaucratic red tape that a lot of these industries had faced under the Obama administration, even under a Bush administration. Um, I see a continuation of, of these of these policies. And, and on the other side, you know, I see President Biden is pledging to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, eliminate the tipped minimum wage, which is really something that's going to Kill our restaurant workers and our bartenders and folks that are that are already coming out of you know struggling to to stay open in the midst of a pandemic. And I I see you know a lot of concern with some of the Biden Harris potential Biden Harris administration priorities as it relates to small businesses. You know Biden wants to raise the corporate tax rate back up from twenty one percent to twenty eight percent. He wants to raise taxes on those making four hundred thousand dollars a year, which sounds like a lot of money unless you're a small business and a small business owner Um, so i there's a there's a you know really clear juxtaposition i see the trump administration focusing on reducing taxes for regular americans and helping unleash our our economy and and continue deregulation across the board
1: so i'm gonna talk about a couple of areas um in terms of Trump 2.0, one is foreign policy. I'll talk. Um, let's talk about the Middle East, guys. Where there's <laughs> there's yet another peace agreement that's been announced between Israel and Sudan um, in the last couple of days, and then environmental policy, and obviously climate change is the number one environmental policy issue in terms of. Kind of the national consciousness, but actually, um, and we've been involved in, in a bunch of this, um, there's actually been great progress. People wouldn't know this because it doesn't hit the headlines. Um, but in toxic site cleanup and super fund activity under this administration, you know, the climate denial gets the headlines and that's obviously a stark, stark, Difference between what a Biden 1.0 and a, and a Trump 2.0 would look like.
0: You've been listening to the Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Please subscribe to our podcast so our episodes are automatically sent to you when they are released. The Beltway Briefing podcast has been produced by Hometown Podcasts and Audio, Washington D.C.